Yo, yo, yo. Welcome to another round in the house. It's Sunday. Got a nice uh, uh, a gift of an interview with, with the awesome creator, Danny Quick, creator of Ace Blade. Uh, if, if you don't know, you, you're missing out. Ace Blade is, is just, just a rock star comic coming out. They got a Kickstarter, uh, a Kickstarter coming. Uh, we're going to get all into it. Danny Quick, welcome. Hey, I appreciate you having me on, man. It's been a while since I've done a done an interview, man, with the, with the pandemic and everything. So I'm, I'm happy to be getting back out here and uh, and meeting new people, and I and I appreciate the work y'all do. Yeah, man, uh, appreciate you coming on, man. Let's get right into it. Uh, I think you have um, a good insight for a lot of young creators and creators trying to trying to figure it out, whether young or old, um, veteran or new. Uh, can definitely look at you, you know, for some things that are going right. Starting with starting with just building really cool comic content and ideas, as well as the business side of actually getting stuff out and created and making sales. So, before we get into that, tell me a little bit about yourself. Tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got started making comics. Uh, yeah, for sure, man. Uh, I appreciate that. Um, so, uh, born and raised in in Durham, North Carolina. Well, I was born in in Montgomery County, which is back in the way in the country. Um, but raised in Durham, North Carolina, and um, you know, um, I started. I've always loved comics, uh, comic book characters. I actually didn't read comics growing up. I uh, I watched all the the TV shows though. We didn't have comic book stores um, in the neighborhoods where I grew up. So um, you know, I just watched all the cartoons: Spider Man, Superman, Batman, all that good stuff. But um, you know, as an adult, I started connecting with with other adults who. Uh, you know who love comics and we all all had this dream about creating our own stuff so um <laughs> I, me and uh, me and my a guy christoph hollers we we brainstormed about this character ace blade but i ended up getting deployed to iraq um before we could do anything with it so um while i was there i just you know kept developing the idea kept writing stories and stuff like that and then when i came back he actually took me to my first comic book convention and that and when i went there it was like it was like my eyes were open. I was like, yo, there's regular people here making comic books. Like, all these people don't work for Marvel or DC. They're just regular dudes and women out here just making comics. So I was like, yo, we can actually make this. All we got to do is find an artist. You know, um, he and I both drew um, at the time, but our styles weren't the type of art that, you know, that we wanted to portray Ace Blade. So started a network, started to meet artists. Um, and um and and learn how to do the things that I could do as far as lettering and graphic design and all that stuff, and um you know one thing led to another and you know we just started putting out books, man. So you saw the lifting of the veil, so to speak, and and uh, a lot of the you know the the Wizard of Oz, so to speak, kind of you know hey this yeah. I you know I can, I can do this, I got heart, I got courage, <laughs> right? I can I can make me a book, a right? I yeah, I got a brain, right? <laughs> And I think we, I did, I had the same similar experience as I'm watching, you know, a lot of these shows during the pandemic, you know, and, and some of them are good, but a good majority, I'm just skipping right through like this, this made it to Netflix. Some, somebody gave this the thumbs up and I, this is dog, this is crap. This is terrible. Like, you know, I'm pretty sure I could, I could do something a little bit better than this. I can make it. <laughs> yeah, and no no diss to Netflix just in case they ever want to come, you know, pick up some of my stuff, but, you know, there, there's... I mean, but, but one, one good thing about ne 
Netflix though is that there's there's something for everybody. Like something we might we might not necessarily enjoy some of the stuff that people put out, but it's it's somebody out there that's gonna like it. Mm-hmm. So you know that's that's even more inspiration for folks like us. You know, especially uh, black creators. There's a they say there's not a huge market for for black comic book characters, but I beg to differ, man. Like I I've, I've everywhere I've gone in the world, people have wanted to buy my comics and and, and wanted to look for more comics with black people in it so um yeah absolutely well you know i feel like those you know the the big netflix of the world and the fox of the world they, they're able to get so deep into the data to find their target audience so they 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 almost produce knowing hey i can hit this percentage of of young you know you know whatever you know whatever race demographic you want to say i can hit this amount if i put together this type of project for us and yeah, for, for you sure. um you know what was your inspiration for, for your creation and and who are you trying to reach? Tell me, give me some of the, the inspiration for Ace Blade. Man, um, I think I just wanted to to make stuff that I like. Like, um, I, I just first of all, I just I just wanted to make a dope story. Like, I just wanted to tell a story. My I always tell people I'm kind of a combination of my mom and my dad because my dad my dad is a, a master storyteller. This dude can this dude got stories for days. And then my mom, she's an artist. Like she grew up as an artist. She would paint and she would draw and she would illustrate. And then, um, you know, as I grew up, I just loved both of those things. So I really just wanted to, to make cool stories, first of all. And then, um, you know, growing up, I was inspired by, you know, comic book characters like Spider-Man and Batman and Superman. And, um, you know, those things inspired me to try to be a better person. So I just wanted to kind of do that same thing i wanted to inspire people to do the best that they can to help other people because you know um there's plenty of people out here trying to hurt other people we you know we got to be the, we got to be the 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 helpers in the world we got to be the people who, who who keep stuff together um so really my audience is 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 um you know young adults and 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 old adults <laughs> who still need that, that inspiration um i I have this theory about about kids, but it'll be we'll, we'll talk about that later. <laughs> you know, I, we had the same experience. You know, Royal House was at at LA Comic Con, and a lot of our stuff is is geared towards stuff like I would like. So there's a level of of fighting and violence, and um, you know, this subtle, you know, kind of kind of cerebral storytelling that's not really at the surface level. So there wasn't a whole lot of like children's content. So we we definitely are, are looking to expand our storytelling and reach a wider market, but back to your ideas, you know, for, for Ace Blade, like it, it reminds me, you know, when, when, when content creators are making that first album or book or song, there's always like a, a rawness and a freshness to it that, that can't, that can't easily be like recreated once you've reached a level of success. Once you start digging into the data, it's like, oh yeah, that's cool, but you gotta you gotta change this character because we need to hit this audience. Or, oh man, that's cool, but like we need to get bigger. So like, you know, tell me tell me more about Ace Blade. What is the story? What's going on? Um, um, fill, fill me in on, yeah, on, on, um, on that world. Ace Blade, um, I call him the Vegas vigilante. Um, <laughs> Ace Blade is all about um, just the struggle against uh, what money can do to people, right? So. Um, just like you were saying, you, the, the, the data, the data says that if I give you a certain amount of money, I can get you to do anything, right? If I can, if I can 
money is the supreme motivator, especially in America. Um, so if I have access to the money, if I have access to the money and the power, I can get people to do whatever I want them to do. And, and Ace Blade is the struggle um, of choosing your personal your personal um, goals, your personal ethos above that, right? So I, I, I happen to believe that everything is about self-control. Everything is about um, our choices that we make. We can only control what we can control in life. So um, it's a shame when we let outside influences control control us, you know, especially negative ones. So um, that's really what Ace Blade is about. But really, it's just a, a, a dope black dude in, in a purple ninja suit out here beating people up. Um, so so uh, <laughs> this dude, you know, he's a he's a, a world class fighter. He's the best fighter in the world. And he finds out that um, this title fight that he got was kind of set up there, that his manager um, set up these fights to get him there. So the belief that he had in himself that he was the best fighter in the world is kind of fake. It's not the real. It's not real because I didn't I didn't get here myself. So um, what he does is uh, he sets out to prove that he's the best fighter in the world and he puts on this mask so that, you know, his identity isn't attached to it so that he really knows that when I'm out here fighting people, I'm the best that there is. And then uh, he runs into all the people in Vegas, Vegas City, we call it, who are doing things just for money, who are taking advantage of people just for money out here trying to get this uh, quick, get that quick dollar. And, um, you know, he, he takes up the fight against that. So. Okay. That's the basic gist of it. So, um, that, that leads me into like wanting to know a little bit more about the level of powers and kind of your affinity for like your storytelling because you can do like slice of life stuff where no powers yeah. and people are just talking about everyday, you know, you know, things. Um, you could do like street level, uh, you can mm -hmm. do like you know, world level, like Avengers type power, and then you got like this galactic and you know, celestial that you know. Uh, Dragon Ball Z type thing, you know, finger pointing, blowing up worlds. Where does, where does your power scale in Ace Blade? You know, how does that fit in? Why did you go that direction? Um, Ace Blade is somewhere in between the street level and slice of life, right? Um, and I, I'll, and another thing I would tell people is that we got all, all of those levels covered though, because Ace Blade is the street level dude. He doesn't have any powers. He's dealing with on the ground issues. You'll, you'll be able to see how he has to pay his bills. How he has to, you know, <laughs> how he has to deal with Congress people, how he has to, you know, uh, get his driver's license, you know, stuff. You, you'll see that kind of stuff in his story. But then we got Lumberjacks, which is another story in our universe uh, where Lumberjacks is more on a spiritual journey. He's got these powers that he does not know how to use and that he has to accept that they are real in order to use them. And then on top of that, we got King Supreme who puts on the crown and literally can re reshape reality. So uh, that's the that's the Dragon Ball Z level. Um, I will literally think and explode you if I want to, you know, type of type of hero. So we got something for everybody. But um, Ace Blade is kind of the the the, the foundation of it all. Um, Ace Blade is kind of the, the true North character. He's all about his ethos and, and and how he how he sees the world and what he believes is right. Awesome. We uh, you know Royal House is expanding our 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 story lineup and me personally i do like like soft power systems a little bit more um you know street level like you said like in between maybe street level and that you know that that world you know world level of power um you know but but that 
each story like is able to kind of get in whatever that that level is and like really like you know make it interesting make it unique you know so 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 even at that level um tell me about like the the titular character a little bit more like give us a little bit more like into like who he is and does he represent you know you are you telling a story through him that's that you've been influenced or or is he are you like trying to live like him and and tell the story like as if you're you know kind of embodying him um i i say ace blade is kind of like the best part of of me like the the best that i could see myself as that's what uh that's kind of what ace blade is he's he's the he's the character who kind of like uh captain america or um you know somebody like that who has a a firm stance and and has to live that way or the consequences are dire right so if i don't if i don't live by my rules then i'm a hypocrite and and nothing i say is worth you know what i'm saying nothing that i say or do is worth anything because now i'm not living my truth i'm not being who i say that i am i'm not living by my word and um there's a little bit of me in there, but I'm not. I wish I. I wish I could be as good as as mm-hmm. good as Ace Blade. This dude gets up early and works out. He eats <laughs> the right thing. He eats the right stuff. He uh he treats everybody fairly, and uh that's I I'm not that I'm not that dude. Sometimes <laughs> sometimes I skip. Uh sometimes I I I'll overeat for breakfast, and then I'm not gonna work out today. Uh so <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, it's it's good to have, like I said, inspirations to be able to look at that type of uh, at that type of person because you know it's achievable when you, when you set your mind to do certain things, you can, you absolutely can do it, and um, you know I think that's important to see. I, I always like uh, getting a little insight into into you know writer's process. So you you are you are the writer. Um, how did you how did you develop your skills as a writer? What was your what was your your path to feeling like okay i can do this at a professional level meaning you can sell it if you're selling something you're a professional right that's that's only yeah, <laughs> that if you made one there. sale yeah you, if you made a sale you're a professional so um how did you make the the journey to becoming a, a professional writer um i think it was for me it was it was two things really it was i watched a lot of like uh and my wife hates this but i watch a lot of uh, director's commentary you know, like, uh, you know, when we used to have DVDs and Blu-rays, they would give you the special features, like the behind-the-scenes stuff, right? So I would always be so interested in what was the process for the director and the writer to come up with the story, and what themes were they trying... What was the actual story that they were trying to tell? Yeah, um, you know, like, say, iRobot is about a dude who hates machines and who wants to um, prove that machines are evil, right? But really it's about humanity and really about you know the human condition and what makes us human so you know just just the thought of putting a theme into your story and and having that be the consistent thread that runs through it um i think it's very important especially with comics because um you know comics can go on for 300 400 issues and um if your characters get inconsistent people start to lose they'll start to lose interest because they'll say uh batman wouldn't do that batman oh batman out here shooting people that ain't right you know mm-hmm. what i'm saying so uh <laughs> i think that that's the first thing for me and then second was just um 
like I said, my, my dad was a storyteller and, and I wanted to, I wanted to do that to be able to do that. Also, I want to be able to captivate people with a, with a story and, um, and hook them and hook them from the beginning. So, uh, you know, those, yeah. those are my two, my two go-tos right there. Do you, as you're working with your artists, what's the, tell me the tenor of, of you guys working relationship. Do you, do you send everything like, like in, in like ultra detail with very little room for artists embellishment or do you kind of build in that space for the artist to to run with some things that they might want to add different now because when i started i did i was super detailed about what i wanted on every page and panel um i'm a really big easter egg guy so i always want to include little stuff that when you go back Five issues later you'll see connects to whatever so um i used to be very detailed about my panels and 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 be real rigid with my artists but i realized that especially like the three artists that i work with now um wally jc and um and rich they are very good visual storytellers like they 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 do it better than i can <laughs> than i can do in my brain right so um now now I make sure that I put the, the story has the story is the story. But if you know, if the artist can can come up with a better way to show him throwing a person over, you know, a more dynamic way of showing that, you know, that's what they get paid for. That's what I'm paying them for. So of course I'm gonna take that, take their uh take their input and and most times it, it even helps them, you know, be more excited about the work because they feel like they're part of the creative process too, and they are. So yeah, these days, I mean, and you have to build that relationship with artists, too. You're not going to know that until you, you work with them long enough. <laughs> so, uh, you know, like with Wally, I, I barely put anything on it. I just tell him, um, this page, he has to, this page, this person gets beat. This page, this person, you know, um, you know, he finds this clue or whatever. Um, so, you know, as you build with an artist, you, you kind of learn the way that um, they like to, they like to work. And um and I think that that's I think that that's that's worked out for me. I'd I'd like your your take on the artist writer relationship because in indie comics, I, I still see that, and this is how Royal House was born from from this debate, in in mm -hmm. you know artists and writers, and I still see writers that are you know looking for artists and and they go through their process of finding ones that don't work out and then eventually, you know mm -hmm. you know uh, get to get to a good working relationship. I see you know a lot of amateur artists amateur in that they don't have a published credit on a on a book they may do a lot of good like um fan art you know so they can do a bunch of characters that look really good and probably could be in a book but they haven't been commissioned for an entire book yet with a credit on it so there's always this kind of debate on like and, and a lot of indie creators are, are just regular people like they're paying these yeah. these commissions out of out of their gas money or they're they're going out money with their family you know so for these two amateur level, you know, uh, 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 entrepreneurs to come together and find a working relationship ha in, in the indie space is not, it's not a given. And it's really, a, I'm starting to see like a rarity, if, especially if, you know, only 10% of people that actually want to make a comic actually get to a point where they've made a comic and sold a comic. What is some advice, maybe some things you learned from things that went well? Like, what's what's your take on that? on that uh that debate man that's uh 
that it like you, you you covered it man it's it's not it's not a given that you're gonna find somebody quickly who um who is the right style and right fit and has the right work ethic to complete your job right so i think you have to set set your own boundaries you have to set your own boundaries but you also have to be flexible with other people right so i may say i need this ace blade book done in the next three months right but if i'm working with a brand new artist that i don't know that i don't you know i don't know what their work schedule is like i don't know what whatever it is and they don't feel comfortable enough talking to me about hey i'm i had a flood this week and it's not i'm not going to be able to you know get these pages done you know um, or you know anything from i got childcare issues to whatever that stuff happens you know so you you kind of have to be flexible with people but you got to also set your expectations and you got to clearly communicate from the beginning so this book has to be done in three months can you do that do you think that's possible and what and what are you willing to do to get it what do i need to do to help you get that right so if i'm saying okay i need this book done in three months but i haven't even wrote the script yet that's 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 dumb like i can't even i can't expect you to draw something that you haven't seen in three months you know what i'm saying and then and then then it comes down to price too okay I need this done in three months, but I got three other books that I'm drawing at the same time. And all of y'all are only paying me $50 a page. So nobody's getting priority. You know what I'm saying? So, okay. What if I pay you $80 a page? Can I get priority? Can you do my book first? Okay, sure. I'll I'll definitely bump you to the front of the list for, for a pay increase. You know what I'm saying? I will Mm -hmm. get your book done faster. You know, it's just, it's just conversations like that, that you kind of have to have. And, um, Hey, you know, it, and, and most of the times it'll, it'll work out. For you know, you. those conversations, but you just kind of mentioned like that, the, the multiple hats too, because mm-hmm. you, you know, from, okay, just let me send you the script. You draw it. That's a writer to artist relationship. Uh, we need this done in three months. That's a production manager, you know, yeah. relationship. You know what I mean? Uh, artists, you know, making decisions like, okay, you know, uh, you know, I'll do I'll I'll do this for a little bit more, or you know, owner, you know, making negotiations for ownership, right? That's a business. That's an entrepreneur hat. That's taking just the artist, you know, hat off, commission based work yeah, for hire. That's, so that's, that's indie comic, though, man. That's yeah, indie right. Guy. So tell me, let, let's kind of segue into into like, you know, we'll, we'll actually talk about that a little later. I want to actually ask you about Comic Con, and and the last Comic Con you were at, because that's a good. I learned a lot from Comic Con from a lot of other creators. And just the way they present it. Where was the last Comic Con you were at, and how did it go? Um, we just did uh, Triad Comic Con last month, man. Um, and it was the first the first show that we did since the pandemic started. Um, here in North Carolina, there's not a lot, a lot of shows, but there's enough to to do. You know that are that have a wide enough audience. We got the biggest shows like NC Comic Con and Heroes Con, where you get your, you know your your uh, movie star celebrities and all that kinds of stuff that come out. And then you got like local city shows like Triad Comic Con and Fayetteville Comic Con where it's kind of mid-level. It's like, okay, there's a lot of people here, but it's not too many. And then, um, you know, I, I just think that it's it's good to have a, <laughs> it's good to have a mix of both. I, I was, a couple of months ago, I was, I was in this whole uh, Comic Con is a scam thing uh, <laughs> where, it's like the bigger the bigger the show is, the less likely you are to to make your money back. Like, and at some point you have to you gotta make you gotta make money, you know. 
but these big shows aren't necessarily for that for for independent creators like you you spend all this money on a table you spend five hundred dollars a table you go out to a uh, you got to get a hotel you got to eat you got to travel you don't spend a thousand dollars and now you you selling the book for five dollars a copy you got to sell you know 250 books to make your money back and that's you know that's almost impossible um over three days so um i think you just kind of have to take each show for what it's worth right so you gotta if you got a, a small show where you can actually intimately talk to people you definitely got to get that engagement you've got to make an impact on everybody that you see but then also you can take the time to meet people who are from your own city right so the people who are from around here who are doing things who are who are making art you can make those connections and say yo i want to work with you or or how can i help y'all out you know you can make those connections you can get work or you can work with uh, with those people so um i think it's just important to to know what to expect when you when you're doing a show and um you know it's it, for me it's always better to have somebody with you so that you can leave the table when you want to or or they can leave the table and do the things that you can't do at the same time yeah you you um i was uh, I, I do follow i follow you I, I see a lot of your tiktoks and and your posts and you were talking about something interesting about like I think you said something like it took you a few minutes to make a sale and you mm -hmm. had to like interact with some, you know, somebody we had, a, we had the same experience at, at LA comic con where it's like people think that just, if you make a sweet book, like it's going to just jump off the table and into somebody's pocket and they're, they're yeah. you, you still, you know, the book sells itself or if it's so good, you know, it'll sell itself. That's really not the case. Um, mm -hmm. You got to have every sale to me is very personal. And, and people, uh, you know, would check us out, but it wasn't until they came and talked to us and you were able to tell them what it's about effectively. You know, sometimes you, you, if it didn't roll off your tongue, like, what's this about? And you didn't, uh, 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 it's about, and it was too long yeah. or too short or didn't hit some, yeah. you know, some sweet spot. <laughs> or like, ah, okay, keep walking. How was that? Tell me about that sale that you made. And, and um, I think for us, you know, listening, it's a lot to learn, uh, you know, from, from that conversation that you had in, in the sale you made. Yeah, that um that particular um young man, I don't know what even I mean, TikTok of course. I I've been making these TikToks and everything now I'm like, okay, I can make this into content. So, um <laughs> that particular set I just happened to press record and I was like, this is just how I do at shows. Like I'm not I want to I absolutely want to sell you a book, but I need to get to know the person first. I need to know what it is that you are into before I can sell your book. Cause like I said, we got Ace Blade, we got King Supreme, we got Lumberjacks. So if I find out that you like Batman, of course I'm gonna steer you into the direction of Ace Blade. If I find out that you like Superman, okay, let me see if you like uh, King Supreme. This has got some similarity. But um, that engagement is so important because honestly people are more, more interested these days into investing in you as a person. Right. They want to they want to buy something from the person, especially people at comic book conventions. They are there to meet people who love the same things that they do uh, most of the time. So if they can make a if you can make a connection with a person, I feel like it's easier for them to buy from you. Right. So if I can make a connection like we were in Greensboro and there were a lot of Aggies there, um, North Carolina A&T University. And I went to that school. I was only there for a couple of semesters. But I, I went, you know, I went. So, you know, every time I saw Aggie, I was like, Aggie Pride, you know, I'm, I'm calling them out, I'm, yeah. I'm shouting them out, and I'm telling them my story. You know, I went there, you know, I went to the A&T, 
I was only there for a couple of semesters, but I ended up getting deployed, and I started making this comic book. So now they learn a little bit about me. I know about them. I know that they're in school. I ask them what they're doing. And then, you know, they're more open to to giving me their money. They say, all right, you know what, let me check this book out, you know. And um, sometimes it's not even necessary. It's not even necessarily about the comic. You know, of course, the art is great on the book, so they can see that, you know. If they're interested in one, they're looking at it, I can say, okay, man, I see you looking at Ace Blade. You know, you what kind of stuff do you like? Um, but, you know, they might like King Supreme or Lumberjacks, you know. It's like, oh, this dude looks angry with the axe. I kind of like that. Yeah, 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 I can I can tell you about that, you know. So it's, it's all about the engagement for me. It's all about talking to people and, and getting to know what they like and, and then, you know, and then helping them decide which book to buy. Yeah, I I. I want to I want to kind of put a nice bow on that. I I, I used to work at Velocity uh, Sports Performance, and I would go to these big conventions and just set up a booth and try to get people to yeah. to come, you know, sign up at our gym or or, or whatever, right? So I, I had a, a, a practice and very similar, like you're saying, like, hey, if you catch, if I see you looking over here, I'm gonna call out, hey, hey, I see you looking, like, you know, don't just walk by, right? But you can't be too pushy right. either because people are watching yeah. how you interact with others. So, yeah, you know, absolutely. one person might be, you know, maybe not be, but if you're like pushy or you say something awkward at, you know, as, as they're leaving, the other person might, just, they're peeping you out, you know, they're, they're one, yeah, they one robot. Keep, they might just keep on walking. Yeah. Back. They might just like, cause I don't like this dude, this dude or this lady, like they're, they're rude. You know what I mean? I don't care what they got. Yeah. Right. Too pushy. Or, but then there's also in sales, you know, you can have somebody at your booth two, three minutes looking at all your stuff. They like it. And then you let them go without an ask. Without saying, hey, yeah. will you buy a book? Can I get your yeah. email? Can I follow up with you somehow? Right? That's yeah. that's that salesmanship that I think a lot of indie content creators have a tough time. Because the booth next to us was doing that all day. People come in, you know, they just let them go. Or take a card, right? You know what I mean? No no real hard way to follow up. <laughs> what, what was your experience in like closing, closing book sales? Man. It's crazy you ask that because my wife is the one who got me out of that. I used to be I used to be really really passive about the actual sale. I used to you know give people my pitch, you know tell them about the stuff and then be like, hey, um, like if I see them thinking because I can tell you know people are thinking uh, and be like, okay, I you know come back and see us if you you know you think about it you want to buy it come back and see us. I used to tell people that all the time because I just didn't like that awkward that awkward middle part of, okay, I told you my pitch. I know that you kind of feel it, but you know, you're thinking about leaving. So I just give them, give them an opening to uh, opening to leave. Mm -hmm. And my wife would be like, why are you doing that? Like they wanted, I could tell they wanted to buy it. So why don't you just ask them to buy it? And I'd be like, I don't feel like pressuring people. But also my very first job ever was as a shoe salesman. I worked at the shoe department and, (laughs) and, they never let us do that. Like, it's always, yo, you came into this store because you needed shoes. Mm-hmm. Like, why would I let you leave without seeing if I can get you the right shoes? You know what I'm saying? So, uh, I, uh, my wife, you know, saying that literally at Triad Comic-Con, she said it. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to try it. I'm just going to do it, you know? So, everybody who came up to the table, I talked to them. I talked to them. And then it's, yo, so which one do you want to buy? You know, which which one would you, which one you want to you know more about? They, they you know, call that, they, they call that the presumptive close. I love it. Which one do you want to buy? <laughs> right, right. Which one do you want to check out? You know, so, um, and then it's up to them to tell me no. It's up to them to say, nah, I'm not going to do it this time. I'm like, cool. You know, well, um, you know, follow me on TikTok, you know, whatever. I got my little QR codes there. So follow me on TikTok. If you think about it, you know, hit us, hit us up on the website. You can get them all on the website. Um, so it took me, and this is, 
you know, 10 years into the, almost 10 years into the game where I'm just now getting comfortable asking people to actually buy stuff, you know? So it, and it really, it really changed the experience for me because I made a lot more money and this was a smaller show. So yeah, I think that's a, that's, that's the thing that we just gotta, we gotta overcome, man. And, uh, it's real common you know, in thanks thank, thank for, thank for, for my wife <laughs> yeah oh yeah and definitely that support that support system that is is crucial but like my job would always it wasn't just you know don't let him out it was like did you get did you offer him the upsell <laughs> like that was that was where my sales job used to come from so i'm like you want you want both books like you know you want you know uh let me take both books and let me get the you know so yeah like there was a whole all, all five of these five <laughs> i'm telling and, and i used to have to push back like you know what they came in there to sign up their kid i'm not selling the mom on on adult training you know what i mean like i i want to respect what they came in there for you know, as well. So, like, that's a, a big jump for a lot of artists and writers that that create art, and and you know, even writing is a form of art. It's an art form um, to to get into like business and and sales. So that's a good segue into indie, into the general indie comic space. Like, where is it at? Is it oversaturated? Is there room for it? As Marvel is still running the show and DC are still the top dogs, like. Is there, you know, what, 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 what's the value of indie comics right now? Man, I think, um, and I used to have a different perspective on this, but I think indies are really fueling the whole industry right now. Like, um, you know, you got your, you know, Brian Michael Bendis's, you got your, uh, <laughs> you got folks who are going to sell books no matter what. N.K. Jemison is killing the game right now, um, as a writer, but. Um, I just I just submitted for the uh, the milestone initiative, and um, you know they're going to be looking for for new writers and new artists to tell stories. And DC and Marvel are also doing the same thing. They they got more stories and more content that they want to put out. Um, Marvel is trying to put out all these Disney Plus shows, but they need the comics to be the baseline. They need that to be the foundation of the stories that they make. So right now, I think the the indies are the it's just so important because you know that's feeding the industry and um like i was talking about earlier with the kids we as indies we don't we might not have the <laughs> we don't have the the money to be able to put our 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 content out for kids right now because in order to get kids attention you got to be in front of them right kids don't they don't care about what they like until they see it they don't know what they like until they see something on TV or on YouTube or on a commercial that they're interested in. And unless you can put out, you know, a hundred episodes of a comic or a hundred episodes of a TV show, you might not catch the kids, but the kids need, but once you catch the kids, they gonna watch it forever, right? They gonna watch all hundred episodes of My Little Pony and they're gonna be a fan forever. So us as indies, we don't have the ability to do that, but Marvel and DC, they can do that. And they're looking for us independent folk who can provide the new content, the fresh new ideas. And um, I think it's a it's a symbiosis. You know, there's always going to be people who want to create comics and have to get their start. But you got to be patient and you got to learn and you got to keep growing in order to get to that next level. And then um, and then you got to worry about your contracts and, it, and make sure you keep your stuff. <laughs> you know, back to kind of the early conversation we're having about, like, you know, and I, I like to to compare making comics with with music, um, 
a lot of, of of the stars that we've come to know and like that we just see see as iconic, classic. If they would have got scooped up too early in their career, imagine if if the Dungeon Family, like some exec, walked through you know the Dungeon Family and was like, yeah, actually, you know what, I'm gonna sign all you guys right now. You guys come over and make some 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 music over here with you know these these artists that are doing it, and they and they took that route. Right or or Wu Tang, you know, maybe pe- people didn't didn't like reject RZA. They welcomed him in and say, "All right, now bring the Wu Tang in like this early." How much, you know, what is what is the appeal for that as an indie creator? Do you feel like do you feel like that's a good move for? I know that's the goal for a lot of indie creators, but how much do you lose from that rawness, from that realness, as you take that early jump into the big the big two? I think it's I think it's that first stage is is almost the most important part because that's where you find your consistency in your um that you really love what you're doing right if you i'm out here writing comics for 10 years without really making a lot of money off of you know what i'm saying like if (laughs) if i were to just jump in the game and then all all of a sudden i'm making comics for marvel and dc and now they're expecting me okay we need we need 20 scripts this year and we're going to make, we need you to write five different stories. I can't even take the pressure of that. Like I'm not, mm-hmm. I can't do that. At, you know, five years into the game, I don't even know how to formulate my own script the right way. So I think it's all about kind of, it's kind of like resume building. You're building your resume. And then um, of course, everybody has their own, you know, some people want to turn that stuff into movies. Sometimes some people just wanted to stay comic books. Some people want to turn it into video games. So everybody has their own, you know, path. But, you know, the more connections you make, the more content you put out, the more ability you'll have to 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 keep on that path. So um, for some people, it'd be cool to, to go to the big two. Like me, like I said, I want to pitch my stuff to Milestone. Milestone is is part of DC, but it's their it's their, they're their own com- their own company. They're do- doing their own things. They had their own goals. Um, so eventually, you know, it'd be nice to work for Marvel and DC, but if I'm doing Ace Blade and King Supreme and Lumberjacks, I want to be doing it with Milestone. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, that's my own personal path. But if Marvel and DC want me to write one of their characters, they want me to write Deadpool, cool. <laughs> I would, that's my dream job. I, I got you. I would love to write Deadpool. Um, but, you know, right now I'm just focused on these characters that I'm creating and, and these stories that I want to tell. So for me, I think it would be I think that would be kind of cool. Tell me, um, you know, because we're talking about indie in a real general space, but, as, you know, whether good or bad, or maybe you can, t- you know, just offer us your take on it. When you start talking about black content creators, it's really hard to escape the level, whether you want to or not. And I, I'm, you know, you know, where people, you know, a lot of people just, you know, embrace that and go into it. Some people do, you know, want to be seen as, as, as a creator first, um, what I don't, I think it's it's different for each individual and each you know company and brand. Um, do you feel like it's fair? Do you feel like you know we're we're kind of placed with that responsibility of having to like make a decision where other creators don't have to make that decision on, on what they want to lean into? You know, what's what's your take on on being a black indie creator? Man, I'm I'm one of those um, who. I want to be seen as a creator first, but when you see me, you see a black man. Like you literally, 
you literally see a black man when you when you see me. So um, there's literally nothing I can do about that. So the expectation of having, you know, to, to do black content is not necessarily a, a bad thing, but it's not it's not a thing that I put for forward in my mind. You know what I mean? Like we have um, <laughs> and it's crazy because I was I was going back and reading my, my own stuff. And I realized that I, I had one of those scenes with Ace Blade versus police. And, you know, I subconsciously put it in there anyway. Like the, the scene was right there in the first comic. And I didn't even mean to do that. Like, you, you know what I mean? So it's um I don't think it's possible to, to escape it right now, especially with the, the climate that's out that's going on right now um i think if you're creating and you're seeing what's happening in the world around you and you have something that you want to tell people that stuff is going to find its way in there you know um so <laughs> it, it, it it's a good thing because it's relatable it's absolutely relatable anybody in the world can see what's going on with um with black and brown people in the world right now so um the content is is relatable but i think it has to be fresh too it has to it has to give you um, something new, a new perspective on it. It has to give you a new way to think about um, what's going on in the world, and um, and that's perfectly fine because comic comics have always done that. You know, X Men. It took people twenty years to figure out that X Men was was an allegory for the for the civil rights civil movement. Rights like movement. It's, <laughs> you know, it's it's it's, and that's cool. Like that's cool that that some people were just entertained by it so much. And then as an adult, 20 years later, they can go back and say, oh, shoot, I kind of see, like, what that was kind of all about. And and because when you're a kid, those stories stick in your mind, you are inspired by it and you learn from it without even it being in the forefront of your mind. So um, I think that's cool. I, I'm, I'm always cool with that. How, how important are the imaginative pursuits these days, too? Because... You know, in that in that same vein, that same conversation, there are still a lot of real stories and 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 impact that creators can make if they if they tell a certain theme. But there's also space to just be just just you know create whole new worlds and and not you know retell you know things that are in our history books, but tell things that haven't happened and and that we can create and make new realities from. Like, how important was was you said you didn't you know, really follow the, the comics, but like the cartoons, the X Men's. Like, how important was that for you as a youngster, and and how important is that still for young people? I think it's I think it's everything, man. It's um it's kind of the whole reason I I'm doing this. My um my kids, my whole goal as a father. I got four children. You know, I've been I've been married 15 years now. Me and my wife got four beautiful kids, and my whole goal as their dad. Is to give them the opportunity to make whatever it is that they want to make in the world, right? So whatever you decide that you want to do, I want you to be able to do that. I want you to be pigeonholed into working for somebody that you don't want to work for um, your whole life. I don't want you to be pigeonholed into into creating something that, you know, somebody else made you do. I want you to be able to do what you want to do. So, um and I kind of have to be the example of that, even though, you know, I'm starting from nothing. We started from the bottom and we, you know, we're still we're still working on it. I kind of got to be the example for that. And those cartoons that I used to watch are the inspiration for that. Like Spider-Man, Stanley and Spider-Man, <laughs> that that it's an inspiration. Like he went through a lot of stuff 
And, you know, he wasn't always the best person, always the, you know, he didn't always make the right moves, but he built a legacy off of these characters that he created. These stories that he made are now like the American gods. They're almost like Zeus and Athena and all that stuff, you know. So I think that having something to, to, to look look to in that regard is everything, especially for the next generation of kids. And now they got more more possibilities because of TikTok and now the metaverse is coming in and all this other stuff. So um, I think it's so important. Yeah. Um, who do you look to as like an example of success? Like who's a model for success in, in the indie space or in the in in the popular space that, that you like? OK, if I keep on my path, I can get to that level. Um, I always look at um, my guys. Um, Greg Burnham and Marcus Williams, they created Tuskegee Airs. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, and they were grinding for years, you know, just as a team, a writer and artist who were working together. And they, you know, the, they had an idea, it popped off, and now they literally can do whatever they want to. They can go to whatever show they want to. They can write their own ticket. Um, David Crownson, um, who does uh, Harry Tubman Demon Slayer, you know, he's about to get a TV show. There's, there's so many examples. Um, Afua Richardson, she's working with HBO. She, you know, was working on Lovecraft Country as an artist for that, and she has her own books out. It's there's there's so many there's so many examples, especially in the black community. And then also, you know, the legends like Dennis Cowan and, and Reginald Hudlin, like they're still out here making making stuff. There, um, I'm just watching Static Shock on HBO Max. Uh, <laughs> you know, a couple of weeks ago with my kids and they're like, Oh, this is still, this is good. Like the, mm-hmm. the cartoons are still good. And I'm like, yo, that's, that's what I want to work for. So they still out here making moves and, and, and killing the game. And, um, you know, it's just, a, it's just an inspiration. Yeah. You, um, you had mentioned a little while ago, like, you know, some creators want to get into movies and games, Royal house. That, that was our approach. So we have mm-hmm. Pharaoh versus priest. We turned into a two, a 2d animation. Uh, yeah. still animation but with narration and voiceover and my partner was like what do we call this i'm like man call it a movie <laughs> like it's moving yeah, and right? narration is dialogue exactly. like, it's a movie like we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna put it out we got dombe mobile game that should be released uh early in 2022 where you can fight really you know like, like street fighter mo you know mortal nice. Kombat, like yeah. with our characters straight onto you uh, you know onto the you know onto the mobile app store um, hey, if it's on iTunes, I'm I'm on it, bro. If it's on it's on the Apple Store, it's, I'm on it. It's going to be drop me. I, I I'm playing the beta. I'm practicing with all my characters. It's hey, it, send, hey, send, send me over a copy though, so I can get that early. Man, I, I will. Early. <laughs> I will, man. I will. For all you guys out there listening, uh, uh, follow Royal House on on the IG Facebook. You guys get the first first one. But yeah, I send you I send you the link so you can play it. Um. What's next for you guys? What's next for for your company, Ace Blade? Uh, I know you got a Kickstarter out. Tell tell me what's going. On. How can people support you? Um, next up, we we're trying to finish up. We just finished um sending out books for Lumberjacks number two and Ace Blade number two is shipping this week and next week for the rest of the year. Um, we still got hats and T-shirts to get for people for who did the Kickstarter. But then in January, the end of January, um, Lumberjacks number three, um, Kickstarter is coming. And um, also the next season of the Super Shorts podcast. So we're we're um, bringing in a new villain um, who's gonna it's gonna take Ace Blade and Lumberjacks to defeat. So um, 
you know that's 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 the the new big thing and then like i said that kickstarter is is is, is where it's gonna be at T- tell me more about that so you guys you guys read sections of the story on your podcast like like a live reading type of thing oh so we uh what we do is we're what what we what it started was was just a practice to keep ourselves um writing as writers so it, we called it the uh, extremely short story um challenge right so we would literally write a story for ace blade or lumberjacks or or any new character in a thousand words it would be a thousand words we'd have to write a, a story a, a full story and then um you know so every week we were just doing that we were just writing stories and then we were like yo we wrote like 50 stories now what are we going to do with these and you know you can't turn a thousand word story into a full a 20 page comic book so we was like let's just read them let's just <laughs> let's just read them and put them on a podcast and we were like okay if we're going to put it out on a podcast it has to be canon like it has to be real and connect to the book so we chose about 25 of them and then we just you know kind of put them on a podcast and we're like yeah we can we kind of like this read them out we started adding sound effects and, and doing all of the doing all the, <laughs> the yeah. backgrounds and all that stuff so um it was it's just fun and now and then this last season we were like yo let's do a whole uh, 11 episodes that connect to each other because the first the first three seasons were just individual you know little tidbits uh, about the heroes or the villains but this season is a whole continuous story. So, um, yeah, we're excited about that. Right, that actually sounds really cool. How, how can people listen to that? Um, head over uh, on our website, fourthwallpros.com. It's on Anchor also, just like uh, just like your show. Um, just look up Super Shorts Podcast and uh, you'll find it. Super Shorts Podcast. Guys, make sure you check that out. Um, Ace Blade is, is a really good series to follow, whether you're, you're listening to it, if you can, if you can buy the books. <clears throat> definitely support that kickstarter um any any last word i want to give you the floor and and, and uh, definitely make sure one more time you, you leave us with a plug but uh any other any other words that you want to leave with with our audience man i just want to tell people you know don't be scared to, to try new things man my uh, my children i missed the boat on twitch they were they were all watching these twitch shows they were watching people play video games and i just didn't understand it i was like why why are y'all watching people play video games? I don't get it when you can play the video games yourself. So I never got into Twitch because I just didn't understand it. But when they started TikTok, these kids, they were on TikTok all the time doing the little dances. They were saying stuff. And I was like, yo, how do y'all know this? It's on TikTok. And I was like, you know what? I'm not missing the boat this time. So I got on TikTok, started making videos. And now we're up to like 60,000 followers or something like that. And um, you know, most of the most of the comic books I sell these days are from TikTok. So, um, never never be afraid to try something new. And um, that's really it, man. Y'all can find me on um, at the Ace Blade on all social media, and the, and the website is fourthwallpros.com. Danny Quick, thank you for your time. Thanks for coming out and talking to our audience. Make sure you guys go out and support Ace Blade Kickstarters and and the awesome creators behind it. Danny Quick, thanks again for joining us in the house. Appreciate it, bro. See you guys on next time.